thank you for joining us for episode 42 of the Motorific Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us. We are very excited to be here with you. I am Joanne Dawn, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Christy Farrell. Hello. After a nice long break, we are going to bring some interesting articles that we've come across in the past week or two. Um, Christy's going to tell us about a couple events that she's going to be attending. And um, I've got a couple of gear-related um, questions that I, I think I'm hoping will be interesting to everybody. And uh, I don't know what else. I did a little bit of writing in Pennsylvania, a little bit. So <clears throat> can't wait to tell you about that. And finally. I know, finally. And uh, I don't know, whatever else we might come up with. So let's jump into some fun stories. Oh, time to wake up. Um, <laughs> I saw a really... Time to turn the phone down. I found, or that. I saw a really fun article. Of course, we're going to post links to these about are women safer than men riding motorcycles? Hmm. I wonder, is that could that possibly be true? Yes. Of course, we all know it, right? Ladies, if you're listening, you know it. We all know it's true. I think we've known that for a really long time. Um, and I think guys, to some extent, know that. But of course, not every woman is safer than every man that's ridiculous of course because huh. you know you can't compare like a brand new you know brand new young female rider to and a really well experienced male rider i mean there's just a lot of there are many many you know there's many things that play into it but i think if you but if you look at statistics right and you look at fatalities and you look at insurance women are always far less risk than men i mean i think the trend certainly says so i mean i don't know we're, we're more analytical by nature so <laughs> we're constantly thinking and evaluating about stuff and i think it's you know less testosterone driven so i mean as far as that... me i i'm not seeking i'm not seeking to do the ton at every opportunity but you know i, I did do it once so there you go. Well, I think most of it is certainly has a lot to do with our personality traits and kind of how we what motivates us. But I think to be really honest about this, the fact is less women ride. Therefore, less women are going to die riding motorcycles. I mean, sure, that's I think that's half of it. It's just it's I wish that weren't the case. But I mean, our numbers are, you know, a quarter of to almost 20 percent, maybe. Sure. Um, I was about to say so, quarters being generous. I, I know. Like what you're thinking. I know. It's like 18 to 20. So because there's less of us, therefore proportionally, then of course it should be less women. But I guess I, I think still overall you can make that generalization that for the most part, the way women approach riding motorcycles is very different than the way men approach motor riding motorcycles. And therefore, I'd say most of the time, you know, maybe two thirds of the time or more than half the time. We make it out. We make out a little bit, a little bit safer overall. I think than boys. Um, I don't know, but it's it definitely. There's definitely lots of exceptions, and you could argue that endlessly. Oh yeah, if you want to roll into a good story that falls under the exception category, I won't mention what group I was riding with, but um, never in my life have I ridden with women who I thought exhibited. 10 times as much testosterone as I'm capable of bringing to the table. Um, it was, it was like riding with a group of, uh, 
18-year-old boys who were part of a gang, so motorcycle gang. I take it these were far more experienced ladies. Um, no, no, no. Some of them seemed like they just started riding mm. and uh, just, you know, way into over-revving the throttle, oh. you know, yeah. at... Uh, the South it's Park, it's the, the and, South Park, yeah. uh, you've seen that, right? This... No. Oh, oh my God. All right, I get her. Okay, well, I she'll have to show me this and we'll post a link to it if it's relevant. Um, it's very relevant. I will send okay. it to you later. Got it. All right, so these are new, but, excited girls that are uh, yeah, too excited. New, excited, uh, act like men when they ride. And and men, you know, I'm that's a huge generalization in the worst sense. You know, the most stereotypical, obnoxious, like, yep. image of a motorcyclist like you New York. can imagine. Sure, Taking yeah, over absolutely. People. Those guys yep. that chased the Range Rover. These were those girls. Oh, and no. we got to a point where we were going to take a group picture uh, on top of a ridge so it had a really nice view. Yeah. And there was someone who had parked in a no-parking zone. And they left their car, you know, probably went hiking or something. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of pulling our bikes up. And we could totally make it work. But these gals actually checked the door lock and noticed that the door was unlocked. And okay. they were literally going to put it into neutral and park it somewhere else. <gasps> and I was just, like, turning my head, doing the la, 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 la. Oh, I'm just off in the corner. It's just I'm a not photo. Anywhere. Who cares? I know. I know. Let me guess. Exactly. These girls are, like, 22 yeah 25 yeah. yeah yeah young girls yeah. where'd you find these gang members <laughs> where did you find these ladies um yeah i just it was an interesting experience i'll just say that oh i'm sorry you never came to ride with me yeah it was uh it was interesting but you know i felt so motherly and conservative it was amazing yeah you know to be honest i don't know any girls that young that ride i don't know anyone that's 21 I mean, I've met a lot of customers. There's a lot of customers who come into the store, but um, well, I don't have really have any friends here. So, I, you know, at least back home, I knew a lot of girls who rode, but not that many that young. I mean, most of my friends there are pushing 30 or in their late, late 20s or their early 30s or, of course, 40s who ride. Um, I've never ridden with women that yeah I mean I guess some women in my meetup group are pretty young so I guess that's probably the only time I ever rode with girls that that young and inexperienced but they were so apprehensive about riding in general I mean they could barely get on and off the freeway like they were that new and they oh, didn't yeah. you know to where they were like petrified <laughs> to go 70 so you know and they were scared to corner so they the furthest thing from their mind was causing mayhem or you know yeah. they were actually a little too conservative and i you know did my best to get them to ride more ride a little harder um but that's definitely out of the norm i i, I don't know i mean yeah, I'm, it was you know. the first time there's a first time for everything it's you know it's always interesting Let's see is that is this a new club that you've joined a new no no just passing through <laughs> just keeping it nice and vague and passing through <laughs> That so so good. yeah, we'll, we'll we'll leave that women safer uh, story for you to decide whether or not it's a statistic or accurate or you know. Um, oh, but that uh, South Park video I post—that's going to be accurate. Once you watch that, you'll be <laughs> like, "Yep, yep, that's the way it goes." And I, yeah, it's awesome. Anyway, 
Uh, if you listened to, if you watched it and you know what I'm talking about, you know exactly what I mean. It's hilarious. Um, what else came up in the news? I think we have some recalls as, as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, just brief announcements. If you're in possession of a uh, Panigale or a Panigale R, the 1199, um, there is a malfunctioning handlebar switch in uh, some 2012 and 2013 models. So uh, that could that could make your day pretty bad. Um, as well as uh, <laughs> a day ender if you're on one of the 872 victory motorcycles which were recalled for potential engine seizure and that is a uh, recent model year so uh, 2014 so manufactured between january and april in 2014 uh incorrect uh, machine crankcase may cause insufficient clearance and cause the engine to unexpectedly seize which would be uh like in the middle you know, of the freeway like yeah Jesus. not the time you want to do that you said the and the Panigale has a handlebar switch issue, like what the engine yeah, cutoff switch. So, um, no, I don't think it's. Let's see, is it the right side or the starter? Is it like the starter button? No, fortunately, it's not the right. It's the left side. So everything on the left. So uh, everything on the you left. You might lose your connection to the dashboard, the horn, the headlight, high beam. Oh, electronic. So it's like turn ele signal. Yeah, electronics. Oh, okay. Like that's well, that's not too bad, but. You would think your $28,000 or whatever, however many thousand dollar motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, so just those brief recalls. And then, of course, um, Got it. if you want to cover upcoming events this weekend. Oh, wait, one more article is the, oh, uh, sure. one more was, a, oh, yeah, weather. So the, fit <laughs> so the good ah. news is that U.S. motorcycle deaths are down in 2013, which is great. It's always nice when fatalities are going downward because we want less people dying on motorcycles the bad news is it's probably because it was so cold where you live that you weren't riding nearly as much as you're used to riding or it was so wet and cold because winter was so long for many of us um that you weren't riding people weren't riding therefore less people riding less people dying keep up the good work everybody <laughs> i don't know i uh, it's the only explanation i think that makes sense it's it's good it's great that there's less fatalities but that means once more people are riding that means we're gonna have more fatalities however folks keep in mind that the fact remains that you are more likely to die doing many 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 other things like walking across the street you know getting hit by a bus or a drunk driver falling piano you know tripping on the sidewalk hitting your head on the sidewalk there are flu heart disease uh, i think i was reading a report recently about like a health report of like the top five um ways that you know american americans are dying it's like heart disease cancer stuff like that so motorcycles mm -hmm. are way way at the bottom of the list okay so the next time you try to tell someone that just remember Something else is probably going to hit you first. Um, very true. Very right. I mean, I know that it's hard when someone you love dies or is injured on a motorcycle, but those are the point oh 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 whatever percent of millions and millions of people on motorcycles. So I guess that's, that's a good thing. Fatalities are down. Um, as far as events, somebody is going to Overland Expo, I heard. Indeed. Um, 
And and somebody's also still regretful that uh, Quail moved their motorcycle date, but we'll talk about that a little later. Um, mm. Yes, this weekend, Overland Expo in Flagstaff. Actually, Mormon Lake, which is southeast of Flagstaff. Um, yeah, the winds got me a little bothered, but, you know, that's, that's okay. just my MO. Everybody tells me, ah, Christy, you'll be fine. You have a big windscreen. Um, hey. Yeah. Some of us have um, none. It'll help. Don't worry. It'll it'll help. Yeah. So uh, so I will have camping gear with me, and officially I haven't camped since I can't remember when. So this will be interesting. Oh, you're camping at the expo. Exactly. Oh, but it sounds like it's luxury camping, right? It's probably like showers and toilets and food. Let's hope. There's not a lot of info. <laughs> going all around but uh, i'm pretty sure that i can count on a shower somewhere there you go. i'm sure i'm sure that i could get one of the rawhide guys to hold a five gallon bucket over my head while i quickly well, shower surely um, if you need to there's gonna be a motel be an issue. six nearby but uh i'm really stoked looking forward to it meeting up with the guys from uh, cafe racer podcast at overland mm -hmm. i'm actually meeting up with chris because we're gonna ride over to overland from his place in San Diego and oh, Stephen Grasso. A buddy with you. Huh? You still have a writing yeah, buddy. Yeah. See, see if Absolutely. you go down, someone's going to be there to help you pick it up. Sure. And uh, <laughs> and then Stephen Grasso also uh, left his house in Florida um, a couple days ago. And so he's making the cross country oh, track. Nice. Sounds fun. To get to Overland. So that'll be fun <sighs> meeting up with Carla and Nicole and, uh, and Sandy and Terry and. All of those guys. So Adventure Trio, looking forward to that. Looking forward to catching up with people. Party mm. time. Yep. Party time for the people to fly the freak flag. So um, if you happen to be going to Overland, you can find me at a couple of the panels that they've uh, put me in um, with respect to border crossings and uh, flyer by and uh, the, let's see, I think it's on Sunday, the round table for South America. So if you're at Overland, you can find me at some of those panels as well as finding me at the climb booth. So oh, you're gonna, there is a climb booth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. They come fully outfitted to sell gear. Oh, nice. That's and, great. Uh, and if you're not heading over to Overland Expo and you're wondering, hmm, I don't want to ride out to Arizona. What else can I do? And you're in California. You should seriously consider going to the Quail Motorcycle Gathering, which originally was the first week of May, so it was last weekend, and then they moved it so that it conflicted with Overland, so I can't go for like the umpteenth year in a row that I've been aiming to try to go to one of these things. Oh. Um, basically, that's at Quail Lodge in Carmel, and it's typically vintage, but it seems to be this year turning into something a little bit more... Um, friend uh, Tim Stafford uh, who is with Stafford Restorations in San Diego for vintage BMW restoration he is uh, not showing a bike this year but he's actually on the judges panel so he'll be judging some of the uh, some of the restorations and lighting motorcycle out of um, Bay Area correct uh, those guys are going to be debuting mm. a new uh, electric sport bike or super bike mm. and um, British Customs down here locally in Southern California, who uh, does extensive work with Triumph, is actually doing a ride on Thursday up from their office in Gardena with some of the Triumph North America folks, as well as Melissa Paris. Hmm. So the opportunity to ride with the Triumph guys 
up to Quail is passing me by, as well as Melissa Paris, which is cool because she clearly must have a street license, which, as you know, most motorcycle racers do not. And as well, our buddy Lee uh, with the Racer Gloves USA will be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Doug Poland, I think, is the the guy who he's going to have at his booth for autograph signing. So it's turning into mm. quite an event that is not going to be just uh, the vintage folks showing up. It's going to be kind of a, a wide array of yeah. of uh, events. And the, the Why We Ride folks as well will be, uh, will be crashing the party promoting their movie. So, yeah, good times. Good times we had by all. Yeah, I'm dying to go on a... I'm, I really need to find, like, a nice two- or three-day trip sometime soon. Like, all my um, friends are planning all these rallies over back home. And... How about you <sighs> check check out Overland Expo on the East Coast, which it, is in oh. Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina, hmm. October 3rd through the 5th. Maybe. That's so far away. <laughs> I'll mark my calendar and try to get out there. Um, no, I'm just, last year I went to a ton of rallies, you know, I did like just a ton of trips last summer and I feel like this year I haven't really ridden at all. Like I've only ridden like 250 miles or some pitiful amount since I've had this bike and just need to find a, somewhere to go. There's, there's actually a, a rally, there's actually a women's, it's called the Mid-Atlantic Women's Motorcycle Rally. And it's actually in Gettysburg, which is, I think, only a few hours from me or something. Um, it's uh, south Pennsylvania, and it's uh, near the border of Pennsylvania and, and Delaware. Is that what's below me? I don't even know what state's below us. It's a few hours away. It's hmm. um, coming up in um, June, but I have to hustle to get time off for it. I'm debating going. I don't know. Um, it would be fun to go to some kind of rally, but I'm just homesick. You have plenty of local rallies. You could go to any of the ones that Alan yeah. Lane sponsors. I need to find, yeah, a lot of Alan stuff's on Saturdays. Nobody, this is the weird thing about Pennsylvania or whatever, Philly maybe, but nobody does anything on Sundays. Hmm. Flea markets, festivals, farmer markets, any kind of fun event that I find that I want to go to, it's always Saturday. Nobody does anything on Sunday. Like I work Saturday. It just kind of sucks. All the fun stuff is on a Saturday. Nobody plans anything after that. I think it's because it's a very churchy town and there's a church on every, literally every corner. There's a church. Mm. I think Sundays are for church and not for fun. So, so yeah, I, I just need to look around and actually what I need to do is join some of the Pennsylvania Motor Maid events. They do. Yes. They do have some overnight stuff, but again, they're always Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They start, or they start Saturday, and they go, you know, Sunday, which is fine. But they never go Monday. My schedule is just not conducive to everyone else's normal Monday to Friday schedule. So it's conducive to racing. You should get involved in racing. Yeah, because that's what I need is an expensive hobby that I can't afford. I already can't afford. Um, I do want to do some track days. Actually, some coworkers are doing a track day on May twenty fifth. But I, How much are track days? Are what, 30, 40 bucks? Uh, no, over a hundred bucks. Usually, oh, really? yeah, especially the nice tracks. Like if you do, uh, if you do a track day at Thunderhill, it's close to two hundred. If you do a track day at Sonoma, I think it's over two hundred, like two fifty. If you wow. do one at Laguna Seca, I think you're pushing three hundred. Yeah, they're expensive. Hmm. But here, I think the prices are under two hundred bucks. I don't think they're as expensive as California, but still, you know, it's still money. You, gotta, you know, 
have to buy a leather suit and all that crap. But anyway, that, that's for later. Um, I'd rather go riding, riding rather than track days. Yeah. So, yeah, I just need to find, uh, I don't know, need to find some events and whatnot. Oh, I know. So, mm-hmm. in in your great search on the East Coast for people to ride with, you had mentioned earlier um, that you had taken uh, taken some routes in Pennsylvania. So, how was it? Oh yeah, I ride went. Uh, I did a short ride with some coworkers, and then um, yeah, different coworkers. Actually, one was the same. There's only one person from the last ride that was there this ride, but. It was really short because we, it was on Mother's Day, so everyone else has mothers here. So everyone else had Mother's Day events, so we didn't leave until 1.30. And, and of course, um, I didn't have all day to go riding because Evans was traveling. He just came home. He came home Sunday night, and this was Sunday. So it's like by the time I went out and met them, and then by the time we left, basically rode out like northwest of Philadelphia, um, just a little bit further north than where I went last time. And I had to turn back because it was already 3.30 and or 3 o'clock and it was going to take an hour to get back to central Philly. And I had to let Benny out. <laughs> so it was kind of a short. We need to build you a box so you can take Benny with you. Disappointing but, um... ride. How how was uh, how was the scenery? Is it green? Like where did you go? Yeah, I mean, at, getting out. It's like we had to get on the freeway for a little bit to get out to some of these backcountry roads. Mm-hmm. So uh, we started to go out, and as as I think I think I split off right when before they got to the twisty roads. But it was like country open. Um, it was really pretty actually. You know, the hills are mm-hmm. green, and there were like little farmhouses and. Uh, the town, it was called Harleysville, like Harley, <laughs> Harleysville, and uh, it was just a really cute little town, and, you know, drove through, there was a subway, and I had lunch, um, it was really cool, and I, I was actually looking forward to going further out, it's just, I just had so constrained by time, and the hills were alive with the sound of music, yeah, I mean, the weather was perfect, it was 75 and the humidity was only like 70%, so it wasn't even that humid. Like, the weather was pristine, and I spent most of it on the freeway. And um, my engine almost overheated just trying to get to my friend's house, which is only a 10-mile stretch of freeway, but through central Philadelphia, along the east-west side, sorry, the West River, um, west on the west side of Pennsylvania, that's a two-lane highway, and then it merges into another highway, and so... The traffic is horrific right in that stretch on a Sunday because, you know, everyone's coming in town. How, how long were you riding that it almost overheated? Ten minutes. Like Ten minutes? Like 15 okay, ten minutes. ten minutes of your motorcycle in standing traffic even being air-cooled and being like 70, 80 degrees. There's something wrong with your bike. It's like, li- no, it's liquid-cooled. But There's I mean, no way it that was... it would overheat in that short a time period in it, that weather. No, it didn't overheat. I was still running. But it, sure, but I mean close. You wouldn't even come close to it at 78. No, actually, it was. I guess it was 80s downtown. That's the funny thing is as soon as we got over, we went north and kind of left the main city area, I could feel the temperature drop. It dropped like mm-hmm. 5, 8 degrees. I felt it. I'm like, wow, it, it's cooler. Um, so what, in Were there trees? Yeah, that's probably why. And, and, and That always happens. Probably slight mm-hmm. elevation too, very slight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, going up, I think, in the country roads, then yeah, there's more trees. And 
I bet it's just different also because we're surrounded by rivers. You know, there's a river on each side and I'm sure that totally impacts the weather because the weather that I have down here downtown is totally different than what Rania experiences in our west. She gets like 10 degrees colder, she gets way more snow, she gets more rain and flooding and all this crap that we don't get here because all through yeah. winter she would post stuff like I can't get out of my driveway and I'm like what are you talking about it's so it's totally dry here and there's something yeah. about being surrounded by the rivers I think you know it's kind of like the bay yeah humidity and the humidity and the temperature is just different here and so I think it was like 85 when I was sitting on the highway and so um my my engine got, got up to like 220 or 217 which for me is the highest it's ever I've never had my other my other SV maybe 210 um Wow, your gauge actually tells you what the temperature is? Oh, yeah, it does. God, I've got bars. I don't right? know what the hell the temperature is. <laughs> well, you don't want to hit the red bars. I mean, <laughs> luckily the temperature light didn't go on, so I'm sure it had a little further it could go. I mean, she is liquid-cooled, you know, and I have coolant, but um, it still was just unsettling, and it was driving me crazy because the running temperature is like 185 when it's normal, under normal hot conditions is like 190 degrees. Over 200 is not normal for me. So if it's, it's, it's freaking if me it's out. Liquid, if it's liquid cooled, then you shouldn't have had a problem at all. No, I just felt the engine getting really hot. I mean, I didn't, I didn't like get stranded on the side of the road. I just, I was no. just internally freaking out. That's all because I, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, the reason why they started lane splitting in California and Arizona was because Harleys are air-cooled, and when you're sitting, yeah. there's no airflow. And yeah, so that's why. And so. Hence the lane splitting. Uh, so I, automatically, that's how I go, oh, water-cooled. Yeah, never mind. Shouldn't be an issue. No, it shouldn't, but it can still overheat over a certain point. I mean, I'm sure, sure if it got if it's to. it's like 115 outside. Right, I'm sure like that. But it's not, you know, the engine's not designed to, to scoot along at 10 miles an hour in first gear. It's just not meant for that. So I got really desperate and I started to lane split at like 15 miles an hour. I did it really slow, like maybe 20. No one cared. No one was looking. I mean, no one was like trying to take me out or anything. I just so I was like, fuck it. I'm just <laughs> because they couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> well, that too. But uh, well, I've heard stories of people trying to take people out here when they try to lane really? split. Yeah, it, there's a lot of animosity here, I suppose, is what I'm told. I've huh. never experienced it myself. I, I don't know. I, although I've not experienced a lot of the negative things a lot of people have experienced, but so I, I took breaks. <laughs> I think they're just so stunned at what they're seeing. They're like, is that a small boy or a really little small girl on that motorcycle? <laughs> so I think they're so stunned at what they're seeing that they don't have time to like take me out. But I, I so I got desperate and then I decided to lane split, lane split like, just for like, you know, a minute. And then I would get back into traffic just to get my bike a break so I could get it up to speed a little bit and get the temperature back down because I just because I've never pushed it I was just you know worried and I could see the traffic and it was not ending anytime soon either so that sucked but um I'm gonna I try to again get you on a ninja so that I can say my little ninja on a ninja I am though that's customer service we're ninjas um I don't need a bike to tell me that uh, well, you were my ninja before you worked for Revzilla. Yeah, very true. But now I, uh, yeah, I'm going to try again on Sunday, go for another ride. This time I'll have a babysitter <laughs> so we can go riding more than Is that. Is Lance going to babysit? No, Evan's home. Oh, The husband's sorry. back home. He doesn't have a bike yet, so therefore he can't go riding. But um, 
or maybe Monday. I don't know. Maybe I'll go Monday. We'll see. Um, wait, Monday oh, so how was his venture on your bike? Oh God, it was only five blocks. Yeah, it was only a mile. Literally so a mile. Curious. We're at twelve. So did he just take it for a little exercise for curiosity, or no, no, no? He had to go to the gun shop to go consign a, a little a handgun that we have. We have a little. He bought a little Ruger last year, wow. and so he, yeah, he, he he has a couple guns. So he wanted to consign his Ruger so he could justify buying the uh, what's known as the James Bond gun. Yeah, so if you're, very, it's a P99, I think. Yeah, so if you're familiar with James Bond, that's what he wanted to buy. So he wanted to go take it down there and consign it. And it's literally three blocks down and like five blocks over. So Right now there are people out there <laughs> listening to this podcast going, holy shit, Christy knows guns. Yeah, yeah, we have a, it's a Walter, little PPK, right? So yes. he's got that and we have, yeah, a, yeah, we have a cute little 22 S&W, like just like a range pistol. I mean, that thing, it's a nine mil. it's nothing. Even I can shoot it weighs nothing and then we have a rifle and we have a shotgun so we have a few guns all for range shooting it's all for pistol shooting and you know target shooting at pieces of paper is really what it is but um yeah so he wanted to go do that so i suggested like why don't you take the bike it's right there and um um yeah i mean i think he, he definitely liked it better than my last one because it's just it has a slightly different ergonomic to it and um, it doesn't have the massive headlight assembly and fairing anymore. So there's far less weight on the front end now. And I think that affects the suspension up front. It's far stiffer up front. Um, and the rebound feels different because there's just a headlight now. There's like not all that stuff anymore. So I don't know if that made a difference. It's, but it, you know, it's still a twerky, even I, it kind of annoys me sometimes is it's, it's really, really twitchy really annoyingly twitchy i need to i need to figure out how to like adjust that um but by it's... the way you were right and i totally blew that one p99 is the other model that they make <laughs> ppk is the one for the james bond p99 is the nine millimeter ah there but, we go uh... yeah, anyway so he you know, just, I, I just suggested take the bike he's like oh all right why not <laughs> but i mean yeah. it's still not something he wants to go ride you know he's still trying to shop for a bike he found something like a few hours away so hope we're hoping he can get a hope we get that zrx still looking at uh cowie's zrx 1200 the eddie lawson replica cowie green only no red no black none of the browns just the green cowie green nancy's bike have you seen nancy's yeah. bike yeah basically that bike um but yeah i'm gonna try again Maybe Monday, go find some roads again. We'll see. See if I can get Rania out again. She ended up going like further west, and I already went that way. So that's why I wanted to try a different direction. So I messaged my, so my coworker, and he's like, yeah, we're going to go this way. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool, different, like just totally different. And of course, they found some really good roads. So. You know. Well, it it was also nice that uh, folks from the Pace podcast, James, uh, contributed some ride suggestions as well oh. as some of our listeners when you mentioned that last week. So there are people that are listening and there are people that want you to go stretch your Wait, legs on your where, bike. Where do they post these things? <laughs> do they post on our blog? Did you not see, um, not on your blog, no, no, right. on uh, our on, blog, on our it came through our email account, and I thought I told oh. you, hey, check it out. These guys are showing you your roots. You have to forward that to me. Oh, shoot. All right, I need to log in and check that. I'm not checking it often enough. Yeah, take a peek. Um, okay. 
I want to say someone also posted it on the website. Oh, okay. So I'll yeah, check no, that. it was uh, it was an email that came in, and it was two people, Scott and Andrew, because oh, okay. I posted on the Facebook page. Hey, by the way, you guys are awesome. So um, I saw that. I'm like, yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll thought, check. I thought you saw all of those. I'm sorry. So yeah, there are two okay. uh, two folks who independently emailed us here at Motorific and suggested um, some some rides. So. We look forward to hearing the official ride report that was un uninhibited by Benny's got to pee, I got to go, or I got to go pick up Evan. Yeah, yeah Just I like think Joanne yeah. freewheeling it. I know. And the other thing, too, is, you know, I know it's me, too, because I'm just, I'm really spoiled by having, knowing all the roads that were in a 50 minute radius for me, not even 50, a 25 minute radius for me. They were all right there, and now I have to go out an hour to find the good stuff. There's nothing like 20, you know, you have to go out a ways to get out to the country side to get to these roads and they're, they're further away. So it's definitely makes the riding day a, a longer, like you can't, I can't just go for a two hour ride. You know what I mean? Cause it's an hour to get out an hour to get back. And I'm just so used to like analysis, 30 minutes, you know, Mount Tam, 20 minutes. I just miss the familiarity, I think, too. So I know I just need to do some studying and, like, check these emails and, yeah, you know, find routes. I think I'll be fine. So I need to do some homework myself. Um, anyway, so that was my short weekend. Um, what else? I can't remember. I had a couple of gear questions that I thought were interesting. Um, okay. Oh yeah. Okay. So today I had a really good, really fun customer. She came in to buy a race suit. This is just kind of a general tip. Um, I know we've talked about base layers before on the show, but I can't emphasize it enough. If you're going to wear animal hide, any kind of animal skin, um, any kind of cow or goat or kangaroo or any animal, you can must be prepared when you're going to try on your suits, your one or two piece suits, you, you've got to bring a base layer with you. Or if you don't have one, then you really need to go get one. Because it can totally, it can completely affect the sizing. Like you may not be able to fit into your size because you're sweating so much. And your <laughs> skin is just not, it's so moist. And it's, it's frictioning, it's fighting with the the suit to where you can't get your legs in but aha we'll, po we'll right? post the friends episode that relates to this. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is no seriously it because i had a um a customer today that so she you know i, I brought out a couple suits in a 40 a european 44 and a 42 um the 42 or no 44 and a 46 so i got her two sizes she could not get into the 44 because she she didn't have a base layer on. She got into the 46. It was too big. Like I, I kind of had a feeling. And then I told her, I'm like, you've got to, if you want to get this sized right, we need to get you into base, some base layers. But, you know, so you've got to try these base layer pants, at least the pants. You, you have to buy these because you're going to sweat. It's going to be a really annoying experience and you're not going to buy the right size. So yeah. She gave in, and they're actually awesome. Like Revit's, um, they have a two-piece ladies summer base layer called the Violet, and it's gray. It's actually a really cool outfit. So she put the pants on, and then boom, got her into 44. 
done. No problem. You know, it took a little time to wiggle in and zip up, but it was perfect as it should be. And she never would have gotten that size if she hadn't put those pants on. It, it really does affect your gear. I mean, it really helps it along. And I know it sounds crazy. So, you know, I'll, I'll make sure I, I wrote a couple of blog posts on my blog about um, base layers and, and the importance and, you know, the kind of different types, because there's all different kinds, you don't have to spend all kinds of money, you know, like, uh, you know, we've advocated or we've reviewed the icebreaker layers. Yeah. And we both love them and they are pricey. They're not cheap, but you don't have to go that route. I mean, you can go to Walmart and buy like $20, you know, active wear shirts. Like Target has their own well, active line. Yeah. And as Joanne had also found, um, those lines will change at certain times of the year. I can't remember when we got those and then you went and bought and they had pretty much everything was half off. Right. They just because their new so, collection came out exactly so mm -hmm. if you hit it at the right time of year you can also score pretty big but yeah you know it's it's funny to me and that's the one thing that i've been driving in the climb as far as their motorcycle gear line i bet you that of the folks that are wearing climb at overland expo when i pull them very few of them are going to know about base layers yeah uh, which it's, is I, crazy you know and you educated me i had no idea um <laughs> You know, and, and Susan had mentioned it in the past, too, about wearing wool. And I was just like, you're crazy. Wool? Are you kidding? In the heat? That's nuts. And I tell people that. Even it, it racers. Nuts. Like, I've been dying to get some of these guys who are wearing uh, Dainese leathers going around the track to wear a base layer. It is like my challenge. They must be wearing something, though. Because you can't get this. You cannot get the suits off. Like, they won't come off if you're sweating. They've got to be wearing something. Like, they're probably wearing tank tops. Yeah, and like or a t -shirt. boxers, like, I mean, yeah, it works, you know, fine. You can wear a tank top and, you know, little shorts, but it'll be so much easier if you wear a full base layer to your sleeve, all the way to your cuff and all the way down to your ankles. It just, it really does make a difference. And I, to be completely honest, the, you know, the icebreakers are tough with the humidity here. I'm finding them to be more, I'm feeling the itch more. Like, you know, like you first put it on and it feels a little, just a tingle. There's like a, you know, you kind of feel the fabric a little bit. And a lot of the reviews you read, people are complaining because they're itchy. And they mm. can be a little bit itchy. But the ones that we got, like the super lights, they're not as bad. But I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to survive in them with the humidity. I, I really want to try some synthetics also to see if I yeah. can get a better try result. Try the Climb. Uh, Climb has a series of base layers that are black. I have them. Yeah, I have those. Um, I'd like to try I'm something else. I'm taking those with me, actually. I, I'd like to try something else. I'm gonna try something because I like the lightweightness of the mm -hmm. of the of the smart or sorry of the of the base layer of the of the icebreakers base layer because it's mm -hmm. super light. I want it like that, but I want it synthetic because I want to see if I can get a better uh, result. Because to be honest, the climb ones are too heavy. With the humidity, okay. it's just so, it's so unbearable. Like even at 75 degrees of humidity, it's, it, oh God, it feels worse than like a hundred degrees in the desert. Like yeah, I, I haven't, the only time I experienced humidity was with the icebreakers when I was in North Carolina or South Carolina. Yeah, so I, did, I haven't had the benefit of, of being in that environment, but I will be taking those base layers with me to Overland. So we'll see how that works. And, and this will actually be like the official test of the, um, 
the climb suit too as well because i really haven't been in scorchingly hot long duration mm -hmm. temperatures for a while so yep. i'm sure you will you will hear some feedback from me about how the suit fared and uh yeah nice well when you so when you get back from overland like sunday monday. oh monday okay so yeah so folks we will probably not talk to you again until the end of next week um but i think I think that wraps us up for for this episode um but we'll have some hopefully we'll have more ride reports for you when we get back oh and and thank you for the fellows that did send me emails that i didn't check i will i'm gonna read them now and i will definitely write you back thank you very much for the ideas um and i definitely don't mind going further out i just need to find the time somehow to ditch my husband and to go do it it's, it's, it's on my list. I will get it done. So until 43, um, have a great week. If you have any more ideas for writing, please send us an email. I promise to check it. And we will talk to you then. Have a good week. Bye.